Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Welcome to the Friday edition of the John Sanchez Show podcast. The following program is sponsored by Sanchez Wealth Management. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Further information is available by contacting John at SanchezWealthManagement.com or by calling 800-1801. John Sanchez is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Independent Financial Group, LLC, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member of FINRA, SIPC. Securities only offered in states John Sanchez is registered in. Now, the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780 KOH. Good evening and welcome to the John Sanchez Show here on News Talk 780 KOH. Happy Friday. Happy Quad Witching Friday. We had over $3 trillion, yes, with a T, uh, of options that either expired or were rolled today. Uh, And that causes a heck of a lot of movement inside of the markets uh, on a a normal time. Uh, You toss in a absolute barf show from FedEx last night uh, to kick things off. Uh, and it set the table today for, you know, a pretty wild day overall. Um, by the end of the session, uh, the markets closed darn near at their highs, yet still red. Uh, we had the Dow that closed down 139 points or 0.45% to 3822. I need that Dow to get a 31 handle on it again because it sounds like 38. Hopefully we get there at some point. Uh, we had the S&P that was down 28 points or 0.72% to 3873 in the NASDAQ, down 104 points or 0.90%. 11,448 is where the NASDAQ closed. Gold uh, up $7 today or 0.43% to 1684. And oil, 85.40 last up just 30 cents today or 0.35%. So what is quad witching? What the heck does that even mean? Quadruple witch, uh, what it is is it's options that are expiring. Uh, uh, you know, when you buy an option, you sort of a, a couple variables that go into it, uh, but the biggest one are uh, a date because you have an option to do something by a certain date and a strike price, uh, which is the price either for an index or for the stock where you have uh, the ability to buy or sell that index or stock up into a certain day. Well, as those uh, options come and mature, uh, they either need to be rolled to a new strike or you know, you sell this one and you buy next month or you just let them roll off. 
as in either expire worthless or expire in the money and you'll make some decisions as to whether you need to bring some money or get some money back um, as far as depending on what position you had. Um, and the, the quad part is uh, it's stock index futures, stock index options, single stock futures and single stock options. Those are the four things that all expire and it's quad because it's the quarterlies and those are uh, the big times when uh, you get all this sort of excess volume built up. And the options market has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger and that is why so much of the, you know, the move that we tend to see that I've, you know, sort of been pressing everybody about uh, and that word gamma that I throw around uh, is that it's a force inside, sounds like Star Wars, Star Trek or whatever. Uh, it's a force inside the markets that create buying and selling pressure as markets move. Um, and so, you know, that number three trillion is gigantic. Um, and it seems to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that 3,900 level in the S&P was very important because of the options that were sort of sitting out there uh, that would, you know, if we moved lower, would create selling. Uh, and as we moved higher from that number, it created buying. And we had a good amount of buying last week, not this week, but last week, uh, you know, we had uh, four consecutive up days, um, you know, uh, at least three leading into this week. And then a, a fourth on Monday, um, that, uh, obviously the CPI changed things, uh, and led us to where we are now. And I was going to recap the markets cause it's been a pretty interesting week to give some highlights of how the week went and how we got to where we are a little bit later. But today's table was set by Federal Express last night, who issued an absolutely disaster warning. Um, and in fact, they even warned for the next two quarters. Uh, the CEO, again, this is a newer leader. Uh, I'd like to point that out because oftentimes you'll get CEOs who will, you know, kind of kitchen sink things uh, to set the table for, eh, look how good I did from certain point in time. Um, but they came out and cited uh, worsening economic conditions, both internationally and in the U.S. And uh, they basically this added to all the concerns around inflation, rising interest rates, you know, potential hard landing, et cetera, uh, uh, and, and inflamed the markets that were already at a pretty tender spot. And when we came in this morning, the futures were down, you know, uh, a percent and a half uh, to almost two percent uh, earlier in the day. But, you know, uh, Markets were able to, given all the volume and liquidity that was in the system today, find levels and, like I mentioned, sort of rallied uh, uh, you know, a decent amount into the end of the session, uh, of at least giving some confidence that uh, uh, some of the, the big, big weight that was in and around that 3,900 level had alleviated a touch uh, in the markets, like I said, uh, closed near the highs. But there were some notes out uh, earlier, you know, aside from Federal Express and Briefing.com, who's one of the services that we use, they had a really interesting line uh, in regard to FedEx and some of their comments, but it was a lateral into Amazon. And they said, when Amazon started shutting down distribution centers in recent months, we thought maybe this was a one-off. We thought Amazon just got a bit too overzealous in its expansion after being deluged with too many orders during the pandemic. However, we now think Amazon's actions are likely a blend of overexpansion plus industry-wide volume softening, right? So uh, time will tell. Uh, many pundits have said that uh, this seems almost FedEx-specific, even though the likes of UPS were down 4.5%. Amazon closed down about 2.2% today. But uh, 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 <laughs> FedEx was down uh 20%, right? I mean, that's a 
uh, uh, hammering um, as far as the stock was concerned. But uh, you know, some feel that, you know, given that uh, supply chain checks and other comments that they've heard from uh, uh, others like FedEx, while things sound soft, uh, this seems like there's something more specific to sort of FedEx's business. And I won't get into too deep into it, but UPS runs its business different than FedEx in terms of how the drivers are compensated, whether they're, you know, independent contractors, so on and so forth. But uh, uh, the market was not too happy, uh, especially given the direction of things. And, you know, this sort of fed the weakness today, but hopefully put in a bit of a tradable near term bottom because there was a lot of capitulation today from a volume standpoint, again, with three trillion on the back of it uh, that can set up for, you know, sort of a, a powerful move. And and I'll stick by this, like I sort of mentioned everyone before, that September is always a bumpy month in the markets uh, and that. You know, uh, given that we get the Fed next week uh, uh, on t- uh, Tuesday, yeah, we get the the Federal Reserve, uh, who is going to do their announcement as far as the FOMC. I'm sorry, that's Wednesday. Uh, they're going to, you know, most likely be raising 75 basis points, um, and the market has fully priced that in. Uh, again, again, in the recap, I'll mention later. But you know, earlier there was a chance of a 50 or 75 basis point interest rate hike uh, uh, in the markets. Now it's 100. percent of 75. And in fact, it's a 30% chance of 100 uh, at the next meeting, which is on Wednesday. And again, had talked to others this week just to let folks know the market already knows this, right? So if you're concerned about your portfolio because you uh, uh, think the Fed's going to hike rates next week uh, and then hike them again in the next meeting, guess what? Uh, the markets already have that priced in. Uh, unless the number is much, much larger uh, or guidance is much, much more negative, uh, this is already fully priced into the markets. The two-year, in fact, ended today at 3 spot 8.5%. And the current Fed funds rate is two and a quarter to two and a half, right? So uh, the market has priced in a 4%-ish rate by the end of the year. Um, you know, good color overall. Uh, transports were down 5% today. Uh, uh, only real strength that we saw uh, in some pockets. Consumer staples were green uh, just by a touch. Real estate, ironically, home builders were holding up fairly well. The likes of KB Home, Lennar. Uh, these guys are going to have earnings next week. So whether it's Bottom fishing, thinking, look, rates are probably right now, uh, uh, things look as uh, nerve-wracking as they're going to be for some period of time, and they're in there trying to buy the home builders for a trade, time will tell. The other area that held up okay was semiconductors today, right? Like, those are the two areas of this market that have gotten absolutely dismantled. Uh, you know, NVIDIA is down over 50% this year, 50%. Um, you know, I, so when I see things like that where those types of areas start to perk up a bit on what is a fairly bearish concerned uh, uh, market uh, that is is you know sort of the fast money the more hedge fund community in there trying to uh, punch around for a trade um, and so as I mentioned the two year uh, closed at uh, 385 um, uh, that's two basis points uh, lower today but uh, 28 basis points higher for this week and the 10 year uh, closed at 345. That is one basis point uh, lower today, but 13 basis points for the week. So, again, the market has already pulled in, uh, you know, a good 15 to 25 basis points just in this week on the back of the CPI report, which, again, I'll go through a little bit later as far as one of the big catalysts for this uh, interesting little market that we had. Welcome back to the John Sanchez Show here on News Talk 780 KOH. This is Jason Gaunt. 
Today, the Dow closed down 139 points, or 0.45%. The S&P was down 28 points, or 0.72%. And the NASDAQ down 103 points, 0.90% lower. Gold up $7.1684. And oil was up just 30 cents, or 0.35% on the day, to 85.40. Quick little Jeopardy match here. If I said Home Depot... Boeing, Cisco, Walgreens Boots, 3M, CRM, Nike, Disney, and Intel. And you answered, uh, what stocks in the Dow 30 are down over 30% this year? You'd win. That's a lot of big names uh, uh, that are down over 30% so far this year, just in the Dow 30 As far as the Dow itself, the Dow is down 15.2% year-to-date. The S&P 500 is down 18.7% year-to-date. The Russell 2000 small caps down 19.9% on the year. And the NASDAQ down 26.8%. So some of the news today uh, that was uh, notable for markets, uh, World Bank came out and said that uh, the risk of global recession in 2023 Three has risen amid simultaneous rate hikes, uh, and they also said that uh, they need additional policies to curb inflation, uh, uh, but uh, obviously this exacerbates the recession risk. And that's the World Bank really just coming out and saying that uh, everyone working together to slow down inflation very much does uh, uh, increase that risk of a global recession versus just a regional one. Um, uh, Germany uh, placed uh, Schwed refinery and Rosneft Deutschland under trusteeship today. Those are Russian uh, refineries uh, there were, you know, Germany basically said, uh, you know, given the instability that's being caused by these uh, refineries, we're taking them over uh, like Venezuela style or, you know, uh, thanks. That's mine now. Um, you know, so that was pretty notable. And you've heard more. I don't know if you get a chance to hear some of the comments out of Modi today uh, from India uh, as far as Russia is concerned. But Putin's had two bad days. Again, whether that's uh, uh, think, speak and pushed towards us. Uh, uh, I try not to be a conspiracy theorist, but it's always in the back of my mind. You know, both President Xi and Modi uh, have made some, you know, pretty pointed comments. As far as Russia and Ukraine, sort of like a, hey, um, uh, let's wrap this thing up now. huh? Um, and so uh, you know, that's something that the markets are obviously very keen around. Uh, if if there's any sort of remedy, albeit, you know, this is a long shot, uh, that that would certainly be a rally, uh, pretty uh, uh, amazing rally in the markets if something like that can be cleaned up. And he's getting pressure from those who we think uh, are friends. Um, uh, China, on the other hand, did make some comments today about uh, expecting to sanction Boeing and Raytheon, uh, according to Reuters. Uh, lithium prices, if you'd seen them, have surged to new records uh, given the EV fuel demand uh, and the pressures on supply overall. Uh, yet Goldman Sachs, who uh, is facing a Fed review of their uh, Uh, money uh, lending unit um, and consumer unit. And so that will be interesting to see because that was a big push. Marcus and all those areas uh, uh, were sort of banking uh, moves by Goldman to try to be more customer facing, whereas Goldman historically was more institutional facing and not so much retail. Um, Kohl's today, KSS, was downgraded to junk uh, uh, by uh, uh, S&P. Um, you know, they were sort of right on the edge, but now they're tr- uh, double B plus. Uh, so that'll obviously uh, uh, cause some concerns because, you know, many had thought that Coles was going to be taken out and they've uh, been sitting on some 
a little bit of leverage and a fair amount of refinancing that needs to occur. So uh, uh, keep your left eye on Kohl's. Uh, Meta, Facebook, remember they changed their name. Uh, now they're slimming down their experimental products division, uh, which that stock's been under a lot of pressure over the last couple of days. In fact, it's back to the lows uh, that we saw, you know, post their blow up, um, you know, uh, sometime back, you know, kind of 140 level. Uh, the stock had been rallying for a while with some wishful thinking, but it's uh, a lot of that glue's come out. And speaking of a big move lower, NCR Corp, uh, they do ATMs, National Cash Register is what they started as. Uh, they're going to be splitting the company into two. Uh, the market, on the other hand, uh, uh, took it down 20% today because they thought that they were going to sell themselves and, and do something along those lines. Instead, NCR said, no, 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 no. we're going to just do some creative uh, uh, split of the company. And uh, uh, they got punished pretty severely, um, you know, so... Uh, Make sure that when you make a promise to uh, to uh, the market that you you hold up to it because they really took them out and beat them up today. Roblox, RBLX, again, speaking of the metaverse, they reported their August metrics. Uh, their daily active users were uh, 59.9 million. Uh, that's up 24% year over year. Uh, a bit of a sell the news event. Uh, Roblox shareholders are, are, are pretty fickle, um, but that's a that's a large number that they have DAUs of of sixty million people on their platform. And then finally, speaking of platforms, Uber uh, reported a security breach in some of their firm software, uh, and so uh, that that had that stock under a little bit of pressure. So what I wanted to do is recap uh, this week in market. This is a wild one, and I think it's one to again always educational to go through and and uh, uh, see things. Uh, from the rearview mirror a bit as to, you know, reaction, how markets reacted and some of the color. So let's set the table. Coming into this week, we had three straight days of gains coming into Monday's session. Uh, markets were really starting to get a little bit, uh, you know, cautiously optimistic. We'd come back over that 50 and 100 day moving average on the S&P 500. And uh, uh, the markets were well aware that Tuesday was going to be the CPI, but uh, many had started to think that uh, uh, inflation was flattening, right? That the Fed, you know, was uh, going to, you know, maybe hike 50 basis points, possibly 75. But uh, they have this thing under control and, uh, you know, the markets are poised to move higher. Uh, uh, you know, there was even chatter of, you know, the Fed starting to taper as in lower rates, uh, uh, you know, early to mid next year. Um, and that's really how Monday started. You had the dollar index was down about six tenths of a percent. Remember, that strong dollar has been painful uh, globally. We got down to 108.35 and the euro was back above parity. It was one spot, almost one spot zero two. Uh, Apple, there were some comments out of JP Morgan suggesting the company is going to see strong demand for their new iPhone following last week's product announcement. That stock broke above its 200 day moving average. Everything on Monday closed in the green. Uh, 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 oil was up around 87, 84. Semiconductors lagged a bit because we had, again, another repeat comment around uh, China and uh, the White House trying to cut back some of their uh, 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 you know, sales into China. But we did get a weak treasury auction. The 10-year note auction was very, very weak, um, and it was issued around 330. That means lots, not many people wanted to stand there and buy uh, where the yield was at. Uh, so, in fact, the yield had to move up in order for 
for it to fill, which was a bit of a signal. The two-year note was down one basis point. It was at 356. This is Monday. And then finally, uh, we got some color from the New York Fed, and they said that consumers in August saw inflation at 5.75% over the next 12 months. That was down from July in the lowest rate since October of 2001. They also foresaw price increases averaging 2.8% over the next three years, the lowest pace since 2020. So at this point, Monday, uh, markets were pretty, you know, kind of cautious, optimistic, thinking we may be in the bag. And then Tuesday happened. Welcome back to the John Sanchez Show here on News Talk 780 KOH. This is Jason Gaunt. Today, the Dow closed lower by 0.45%. The S&P was down 0.72% and the NASDAQ down 0.90%. We were recapping uh, this last week and uh, got through Monday where the market was uh, pretty darn optimistic about the CPI report on Tuesday. Um, you know, and, and that's notable, right? I mean, uh, uh, the market was basically leaning one way. And uh, Dan will certainly attest as a Tigers fan uh, that, you know, this is a baseball thing for uh, when runners are, are about to steal, right? Pitchers are trying to catch them leaning. Uh, and it's hard for them to get back to the base, typically causing them to get picked off. Well, guess what happened on Tuesday? Uh, we came in on Tuesday morning and the futures were positive, right? Sort of early morning, up 30, 40, even half a percent uh, uh, early on uh, ahead of the August CPI report, which everyone thinks is going to, you know, sort of support that peak inflation narrative um, and that feed the view that the Fed's going to cut rates. Well, um, and then this dropped. We got a CPI report uh, of an increase of 0.1% month over month, where the consensus was a drop of 0.1%. Uh, excluding food and energy, it was up 0.6%. Uh, consensus was half of that at 03 This left year-over-year increase at 8.3% for total CPI and 6.3% for core, Um, uh, 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 all in the face of oil and energy prices that were lower during that period, Uh, essentially showing that, you know, uh, it it's going to take more than uh, you know, pulling from our strategic oil reserves to drive down inflation. And uh, the market absolutely threw a hissy fit. Um, you know, this acceleration in year over year eight for that core CPI, uh, shelter, medical care, new vehicles, those all uh, basically put the nail in the 75 basis point height coffin. Um, and like I talked about earlier, it's closer to a potential of 100 basis points. Again, odds are it's just going to be 75. But uh, that really was a, a a big deal on Tuesday. We also had geopolitical factors, right? We had some comments around China um, and the U.S. looking to sanction preemptively against a Taiwan attack, right? Like, you know, aside from... Uh, some of the things that we've seen and heard, uh, there was nothing really out there, but the U.S. is sort of talking about it. And then we hear on Tuesday that that she and Putin were going to be meeting uh, on Thursday and the markets just uh, rolled over. By the end of the day, the S&P was down over four percent. The Nasdaq was down over five percent. I mean, this uh, you have the U.S. dollar, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the caution, uh, the cautiously optimistic folks seeing the dollar get weak uh, got run over where the dollar was up almost one and a half percent in a day. Uh, these currency moves are, you know, stocks of old uh, currencies used to move uh, 
you know, 10 basis points a day, uh, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, uh, you know, if you, had a, if you had a trading error and it involved currency, it was usually a large amount of currency, but you were at least felt calm that, uh, uh, you know, currencies didn't move much. I can't even imagine the stress on a currency trading desk now with these types of currency moves. But uh, again, that's how the, that's really what the markets did is they, uh, uh, you know, Put solidified the fact that the rally off of the June lows uh, was a bear market rally, uh, not a new bull market uh, uh, move. And, you know, we rolled over right at those sort of 50 and 100 day uh, uh, moving averages. So that's how Tuesday ended out. And the last part is there was a Bank of America survey that people were sort of grasping onto saying that this is the highest cash level that fund managers have had since 2001. Um, and, you know, trying to play the contra indicator side you know normally when there's high cash levels people think that that means that uh, you're going to get a bounce well uh, it hasn't happened yet so big big ugly close on tuesday setting the table for wednesday that's the 14th on wednesday we have producer price index it's lovely to have them back to back and the august pmi or ppi rather uh came in in line uh uh while the headline was a, a three-tenths increase versus a flat expectation, the core or uh, X food and energy uh, line uh, was a negative three tenths, which we were expecting flat. Uh, so they netted off and the market uh, had a bit of a sigh of relief um, and somewhat of a buy the dip. Uh, but by the end of the day, the market closed with just a small gain uh, after a really, really ugly day, which is not what you want to see. You normally want to see a, a, a more sustained rally off of a down four to five percent day. Um, and the market just wasn't able to do it. And in the face of that, we had Amtrak, right? We had Amtrak that canceled all their long distance trains. Uh, and the fear was that we're looking towards a major rail strike that's going to cause supply chain uh, issues off the back of a bad CPI report, et cetera. You know, uh, for the day, real estate on Wednesday was down 1.4%. Materials were down 1.2%. Um, you know, but there were some laggers uh, that started to, to pick up where energy, things along those lines were positive, And that's why the market was a bit mixed. But you started to hear some uh, earnings guidance. Uh, from some of the chemical companies, Nucor, right? NUE, big steel manufacturer, they guided down. Stock was down 11%. Uh, Eastman Chemical, that stock was lower. Uh, it had pre-announced as well. And, you know, when those industrials start to pre-announce, those are some of the canaries that you look for inside of said coal mine, you know, because they're on the far, far end, similar to semiconductor companies of the industrials. And so those are the things that we're starting to get. Um, the two-year at this point on Wednesday uh, was at 381 prior to the PPI release, and it settled around 377. The 10-year was at 346 prior, and it settled around 341. But that dollar was just stubbornly strong and closed above 109 uh, on Wednesday. For Thursday, which was yesterday, the key points were retail sales, right? We had a... a Four days of strength in the market and then gave it 
all back in one day on Tuesday. Uh, and then Wednesday was slightly higher, but overall it was just a, uh, thankfully we didn't go lower win, uh, in that we were uh, loving a tie with just a, a small gain on Wednesday. And on Thursday we got retail sales, right? I mean, this market right now is purely driven on macro. It's very much, uh, a, not a, a single stock trading market. It is a macro market, 100%. And that all these data points that we keep getting is just moving markets back and forth um, uh, because of the fact that uh, these indexes are are really what's what's key right now. It's less about the Googles and Amazons and and Chevrons as it is about the technology sector or the you know industrial sector or you know uh, some of the larger macro themes that we're hearing. And that's why the markets are as volatile as they are. And so retail sales on Thursday uh, were uh, good news is bad uh, and bad news is good. Uh, We got good news, which is bad, that the retail sales number was up three-tenths for August. Uh, However, the the core line ex-auto was down three-tenths, which again sort of netted the market out. But it still felt, felt fed that narrative that retail is just still very strong. And we got a jobless claims number of 213,000, again, better than the 233 that the street was looking for. And so this tight labor market, like I said, is the big Fed concern because prices don't just go up because they want to. Prices go up because people, you know, uh, supply exceeds demand. And uh, as long as the labor market remains tight and retail sales are in a spot where people are still out spending, this is going to keep pressuring the Fed. And that's what the market is sort of stuck in this paradigm where uh, if you took the inflation part out, pretend it wasn't there, uh, the data is amazing. Right. The consumer's strong. Balance sheets are fine. Uh, 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 you know, companies are not heavily indebted uh, in terms of uh, times of old. Energy companies have great balance sheets. Uh, you know, uh, yes, politics is a madhouse. But as far as the consumers and companies overall, they're in a good spot. But guess what? The inflation part is this umbrella over it all that those things are negative because the biggest thing that the Fed is mandated to do is control inflation and price stability. So uh, we've given a lot of power to them uh, uh, historically uh, because of 08 and things like that, that now uh, the fact that they're pulling liquidity out of the market, they're doing quantitative tightening, they're raising interest rates because of inflation. All of this data is sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately a negative number. Um, finally, we also got Adobe. Uh, I think this is just more sort of notable of industry, as I mentioned, with uh, the split of National Cash Register. Adobe confirmed they were going to be acquiring a company by the name of Figma, of which I had never heard of before, uh, for $20 billion in cash. Right. Well, this company, Figma, essentially built uh, the next generation of what Adobe does. And it doesn't seem out of whack. You go, you know, try to do the Facebook route and buy the guy that uh, uh, you think is going to eat your lunch. The tough part is uh, the multiple that they paid for this company was 
very, very high relative to sales, like, you know, uh, some of the ARC ETF type valuations. Uh, and the market took $29 billion out of Adobe's price that day, right? So they said, hey, we're going to go spend $20 billion in cash. And the stock went down uh, by $29 billion. Again, just to show you, you know, the market will come and punch you in the face if it disagrees with uh, uh, a stupid call. And most of the pundits are saying, you know, uh, that seems like sort of an aggressive price to pay, especially in a time like this, right? And so the markets were weak late in the session on Thursday. We broke down through that 3,900 level only to catch a bid right at the close. And it brought us right back up. Literally, I remember looking at my uh, uh, the screen sort of right uh, as we closed at 3,903 thinking, good, things held. Uh, we're not going to get this massive vacuum lower because of options expiry and so on and so forth. Um, you know, uh, uh, at least uh, uh, the fear had abated for a bit. And then FedEx happened. So we got FedEx right after the close, which set the table for today, sort of vomiting all over themselves and uh, creating the fear yet again. So uh, the S&P for the week closed down 2.1%. The NASDAQ composite was down 5.5%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed down 2.2% for the week. Welcome back to the John Sanchez Show here on News Talk 780 KOH. Happy Friday. It's uh. Let's set the table for uh, what's going to be going on next week because, unfortunately, there's never a sleepy week. Um, What we're going to see next week, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the big big one is going to be on Wednesday. That's when the uh, Federal Open Market Committee is most likely going to be announcing a 75 basis point or 0.75% increase in the federal funds rate. Uh, right now, they're at two and a quarter to two and a half. That would move things to 3% to three and a quarter as far as their uh, rate would be concerned. But starting from the top on Monday, we will get uh, NAHB housing market index, which is uh, uh, not a big needle mover. Typically, we'll get earnings from AutoZone as well. On Tuesday, we will get housing starts and building permits, very key uh, given some of the earnings we'll get later in the week from home builders, as well as the interest rates and the six handle on uh, uh, mortgages, uh, just to get a sense of what those starts and permits are looking like. Uh, those will be, you know, August data. And again, as I mentioned on Wednesday, uh, we'll get earnings from uh, GIS, uh, General Mills. We're going to get KBH, uh, KB Homes, Lennar. Uh, so those will be after the close on Wednesday. Uh, but on Wednesday, we will get the MB a mortgage applications index, again, data for housing, as well as existing home sales for August, expecting 4.7 million as far as the existing home sales number, the EIA crude inventories, and again, at 2 p.m. Eastern time or 11 a.m. for the good guys, uh, we will get that FOMC uh, rate decision. Um, On Thursday, uh, we will be looking for earnings from Accenture, uh, FDS, uh, and after hours from Costco and um, in the Who Cares camp, FedEx, because they just sort of told us, uh, they'll be out on Thursday after the close. But on Thursday, from an economic standpoint, we will get jobless claims, the weeklies, uh, for initial, looking for 215000 uh, We will also get continuing claims, uh, which, you know, the number was $1.4 That number has been coming lower, which, again, sans inflation is a good thing. 
with inflation, not a good thing because that's less uh, folks that are still looking for jobs, thus they're finding jobs. And we'll also get leading economic indicators on uh, Thursday. Uh, That is a big number that if you watch over time is very, very telling. Obviously, the name points it out, but uh, it's a, a big survey. Uh, that folks use, and you know it gives you some signals on sort of what the 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 next several sort of three to six month direction of uh, data points that are fed that go straight towards GDP um, and so uh, leading economic indicators is not talked about a ton, but uh, the smart folks who watch it have been really good at uh, you know sort of picking signals and things as to uh, deceleration in the economy. So LEI on Thursday uh, will be one to watch. And then finally, we'll get PMI numbers on Friday. Uh, the, Purdue, uh, the PMI numbers uh, haven't been as big of a, a, a needle mover before, just given that you know right now the market's a heck of a lot more concerned from an inflation standpoint and what's happening now. Um, you know, the, 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 you're just not getting the, the color from the producers uh, and the PMI overall. But uh, from an earnings standpoint, like I said, it's going to be AutoZone early. KBH and Lennar are going to be very important. You know, Toll Brothers, we had a little bit ago, but Lennar and and, uh, KB Home are more of the, uh, you know, Average homes that we would see, and and they are more high uh, uh, high tells of of where Middle America is doing as far as production, et cetera. So I always like to hear from them, and also Costco on Thursday. So decent amount of uh, earnings that are be moving, but uh, the FOMC uh, number on Wednesday is going to be the key focus for these markets. But thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, very much appreciated. I'm going to go outside to that bright red sun and hopefully not get carried away by some mutant animal in this smoke. Uh, thank you very much again. Uh, have a wonderful weekend from uh, the office of Sanchez Wealth. I am Jason Gaunt, News Talk 780 KOH. On air, online, on demand. News Talk 780 KOH. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.